this is his origin story. Huh? <laughs> it's just this for a while. <laughs> Same as the movie. My catharsis. <laughs> I wanted to breathe smoke. That's from my seventh grade poetry book. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Very nice. Very nice. This is the spark of madness. Uh, I'm Matt. No Ben. No Ben. In Ben's seat is Aaron, though. I'm in the hot seat. Yeah, he's in full color, in not behind a desk. And um, today we have Colin. Let me cue him up. We've got Colin. Uh -huh. Maybe. Hi, Colin. Hey, Colin. Hey, boys. What's up? What's up, guys? We're just chilling. Welcome back. We have we're just speaking to you for the first time today. Hey, like ever. thank you for yeah. having me on. One yeah. could say we were never listening to you, so this is the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Con, you were on just recently for what? For what was it? Rogue, Rogue, one. Uh, Rogue one, right? Rogue one, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was Rogue One. <laughs> that was a. Uh, that was. That's a. That I one's had lasting on that effect. Movie. That one's had a lasting conversation. So I feel oh, good about no. that. Today I have to, I have to like super control myself to not hit this button whenever I want to talk. <laughs> uh, well, so today we're doing, uh, we're not doing a new release. We're not, we're not really doing a movie that has any relationship to anything coming out. God, soon. it doesn't matter at all. No, uh, and we didn't even frame this up as a Hall of Fame movie. We're just talking about an old movie. I'd put it in there. Yeah, we can. I think we'll end up talking about that. Well, it's going to be a. Oh yeah, we still have Colin, so we can have a three-way a three-way vote. Yeah, I'm glad you added vote to that. Um, <laughs> today we are talking about Fight Club, a Star Wars story. Um, <laughs> the newest from Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> it stinks. Yeah. Um, so I I was kind of out of the loop in terms of how we chose this movie. Uh, walk me through it, because you two kind of ran with. Uh, I did it. I already did it. Um. Well, when Ben wasn't going to be here, you said, let's get Colin. And I said, okay. I texted him, and he said, what's the review? And uh, I asked Colin, well, it could, it could be anything. It could be whatever you want. And then he, he, he rattled off a list, and Fight Club was on there, and I was like, that one. Let's do that one. That I just watched it. There we it. go. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> so, Colin, you were, you were telling us uh, right before that you listened to the commentary track and everything in preparation for this, right? Yeah, yeah, I listened to one of them. On on the 10th anniversary edition, they have several commentary tracks, and so I picked the one with David Fincher, just alone. Like, do they do any, like, antics in that commentary track? I like it when they do that. I, I love that, too, but no. I, I Actually, I, I can tell you, and this is a little uh, aside, but I feel if you can get a commentary track of somebody that isn't in the movie at all, that has never seen the movie and just sit him down <laughs> and do the commentary as they're watching it. That's probably one of the best ways to do it. I, as I would long get as they have an IQ above ninety four. Yeah, above there you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, also small aside, I think it was the yeah, it was the the commentary to Tropic Thunder where Robert Downey Jr. did his his commentary still in character. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that's amazing. Because he even had the line, "I don't I don't quit the character till I do the DVD commentary." That's right. Oh wow, yeah, that's deep. <laughs> that's commitment. Um, so. I, we don't really have a structure other than for this, we're just going to talk about uh, the movie in general. Um, it came out in 1999, so it's uh, al it's almost coming to its 20-year, which my seems God. like not that long. No. Uh, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Um, no. But uh, if people kind of forget what the movie was mostly about. Uh, it's about fighting. Yeah, Pretty it's much. about a club. That's, that's actually all it's about. We're actually breaking the first rule by even having this podcast. Um, yeah, Colin, we're talking about <laughs> Colin, why don't you kind of tell uh, the audience, give them a, a quick kind of Do you of have a synopsis? Hitter. Oh, I got a little synopsis for you guys. You came so the, the story is about an insomniac narrator who uses cancer support groups as a fix in his life. He realizes it's not fixing him, and then he meets Tyler Durden. A badass soap maker. They form an <laughs> underground fight club that evolves into a ride our narrator can't get off. I'm gonna need you to reread that in the in a world guy voice like a badass soap maker. A badass soap maker. <laughs> it's not fixing his life. 
<laughs> Mayhem. <Yeah>. Soap. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> I am a podcast host. That's His name was Robert Paulson. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of a good reference, too. Yours was better. Uh, so, <laughs> I think yours is a... I think it's a... I don't know. This movie always stood out as kind of like one of those... It was obviously, it was 1999, a bridge between the 90s and then into the early 2000s. But it was one that was like super uh, big when I was growing up. Very influential. Um, in terms of, and I'm in it, I think it's good to start that from my perspective, not just the twist, but like o the overall kind of aesthetic and kind of. Um, it is aesthetically the, pleasing. Yeah, I guess the overall feel that you take away from the movie, it, it holds up. Like, it still holds up very much so. Oh, yeah, even some of the the 1999 computer-generated imagery. Where am I? There I am. Some of the, the computer graphics they were using, they're still, it still holds up for me, at least. I mean, I, I can see that it's a little dated, but it's it's done well enough that I don't care. Yeah, yeah I, like some yeah. of the some of the like kind of close-up 3D rotating I stuff. I still love that. It's like... The Wanted. Did you ever see Wanted? The movie no. with Angelina Jolie and uh, McAvoy where you curve the bullet. Yeah. Uh, that movie Curbing. had a whole... <laughs> <laughs> that movie, we should do that movie. Okay. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Can we do Bulletproof Monk first? Yeah. <laughs> but oh my in gosh. That, <laughs> they had a whole scene in an office that like did the slow-mo office supply stuff that's like 3D models coming at you in your face. Mm -hmm. And this movie came out, you know, 15 years before that, but you, like it holds up, like it's influential that way, I think. It struck me that a lot of the stuff they did, like the virtual camera and all that, it, it struck me as a lot of it being photographic, hmm. sort of imposed on 3D, so that they, that's why it still looks pretty good. But that's just a thought. Hmm. I'm not and, sure. And also, they could get away with it a lot because it was kind of dreamlike, a lot of yeah. those scenarios. Yes, that's a that's note. A good point. That goes into one of my first points Hit me. about this movie. Uh, it. There's a couple of things you can take away from the opening. In, oh, yeah. In the neurons and all that. Yeah. The movie opens on music. You're inside of apparently what is a brain. And you see in the neurons firing. And it's going out the nose into what's going on into his apartment. The main character's apartment. No, not the apartment. It's the end of the movie, right? Wasn't it? You're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. You're he has right. The, he had a gun in his mouth. Yeah. I think they do that later with the virtual. Yeah, they did thing. do that. I'm mixing yeah, yeah. that up. Yeah, but he They're, comes out of the neurons. It, like you see all the flash, and then it pulls out. Into I see the, that as having two possible, maybe even more, but to my eyes, two possible connotations to take from that. Either it's what we're seeing is it's starting off on his brain, and that could imply that everything we're seeing is from inside of his brain. So we shouldn't necessarily take it as gospel. Oh yeah, that's one possible that's way to one. look at it, or it's just. Uh, a way of looking at it like this is where it all started yeah and that's more of a, a literal thing because then it doesn't implicate uh the reliability of the narrator but uh what what are your thoughts <laughs> i yeah i think it i think it was a really smart start i really i wrote down really cool intro from oh, yeah. credits like mm -hmm. and then to lead into I, I tend to like movies. I like movies that start with the end and then go through. Like I don't know. Yeah. It's, a, it's a hokey it, thing. It the real way. The real yeah. way. The Screen Actors Guild yeah. way. Yes, I, sir. It's used constantly, but I I tend to enjoy it, especially if it's done this well. Um, well, well yeah, yeah, George Lucas yeah. got in trouble for not doing that in the seventies. Yeah. Well, like, and then in this case, it's like, what am I watching here? This is kind of weird. And then it's pulled out into like the most intense situation. You could really start off as like freeze frame. You're just yeah, in... that's me. <laughs> Record really scratch. I got in this situation. You're probably wondering where I got here. <laughs> well, it all started with a girl named Marla. <laughs> <laughs> she ruined everything. Marla, Marla, Marla. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I I think it's I think it's good to point out though that they set up this kind of like spazzy brain neuron stuff mm -hmm. because it really does play through the whole movie of this like weird twitchy uh, descent into madness kind of and like I I saw something where they uh, I guess Edward Norton and Brad Pitt like they literally tried to show Edward Norton's physical appearance appearance and like 
Um, it kind of deteriorates. He, start, it start, he starts to deteriorate as the movie goes on, and Brad Pitt gets like stronger and tanner, and you know he he more he gets stronger. Yeah, because he's taking over. Um, he may as well have had like a feather jacket on by the end. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And all the little flashes of stuff. Like the they they didn't hold back on the um That was gonna be my original intro that I was gonna make because I was gonna like subliminal have, mess. <laughs> I was gonna have Ben flash on the screens of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. But I just didn't think I had anything to like I could have done it, but I wouldn't have been able to draw it to a punchline. Yeah. It it just would have been that's it. So, Colin, what what kind of what what's one of the first things that stands out to you when we start talking about this movie? Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> he hit this movie like a bat out of hell. <laughs> uh, it just, uh, yeah, I I feel like, um, great camera work, great cinematography, great story, setting up those bookmarks, uh, showing the ending show, uh, first, and then we work backwards, but. Uh, it's it's amazing how much seeing meatloaf really just like I I connected very like very much like this is somebody that you're supposed to love and yeah. uh, and we and, do and 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 it gets you and then that's how it pays off later on that's what I love about that mm-hmm. is that that character just his arc you really care about him throughout it still if he's just a minor character. And everybody care else cares him. too in the movie. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Mm. Well, being he's, told to care. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's kind of like the sympathetic version of the same mindset, I guess. That uh, Edward Norton, who we I just is just called the narrator. We never he never has a name, right? No. Nope. Yeah. Never, yeah other than Tyler, never he's explicit. Tyler, yeah. Um, yeah. But like, I th- I think it's cool that you brought up the the Bob character, the meatloaf character, because uh, what I think is so interesting is that the divergence, even though it's kind of same mindset, what like we have one that's Edward Norton who's like, my life sucks and so prepackaged and everything, blah, 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 and uh, we're so controlled by consumerism and I hate my job to buy stuff I don't need, like it, and then it becomes the voice of Brad Pitt. But he goes to these therapy groups for people with like really legitimate problems that are just like really weighing on them. And that's Bob, whose life just goes off the rails. Like he has breasts now because he took steroids when he was a bodybuilder or no, no, no. He had the medication for his uh, testicular cancer, like caused him to have too much uh, estrogen that then like led to this complication that's just over the top. And he's, he's basically having a bad time. Yeah. You know, if you're going to have <laughs> testicular cancer, you're going to have a bad time. Um, but then that, but then they kind of have the, they have the same kind of paths towards this anarchist, you know, crazy outcome. But like he started in a place that got corrupted where the other one, he started in a place with like a legitimate problem. Whereas from my perspective, at least Edward Norton was just like, my life is kind of, I'm just kind of middle-class America. He's got no zest. Yeah. Like it doesn't. And he's trying to like, he's addicted to support groups to feel a lot. Like he's trying to feel alive. Whereas this other guy is like, my life has been pushed down. And like, that's a really interesting dynamic. I thought to start with, well, there's mm-hmm. a lot of different ways to look at that, and that's why I like this movie in particular. I mean, first of all, this is not, like, in my top ten of movies. I don't love it as much as others, but I love it for what it is, and it it's a very complicated sort of set of, like, messages and themes. Yeah. It can be... It can almost be anything to anyone. That's kind of why I like it a lot. It's, it's fun to analyze, because there's, like, 10,000 different ways to interpret it. Um... And I see the the Tyler, uh, well, the, the narrator's problem, and how he goes to support groups. It's it seems like, like we we were talking about the the emasculated man thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, a yeah. That's the show a huge started. theme. Yeah. That's a huge theme. I mean, it, it's almost explicit because the first group he goes to is a, a group of guys without balls. Which is really in- yeah. I mean, that's a great setup as as reflected. They're throughout literally the movie. emasculated. Yeah, yeah. And so that feeds into his uh, perceived figurative emasculation it i'm not sure where to go from there except that 
he feels like he's emasculated by society, so his his this whole journey he goes on is a way for him to like get his balls back it almost seems like yeah and through the take control back through at, at the start it's just through fighting it's just like that's where it starts and then it tips over to even crazier mm -hmm. like it, like okay now let's it's basically an exploration of like i think they even mentioned what it just, means to be a man in modern society well yeah i guess that too but it's almost like when you just embrace the id part of your like it's just like i want to hit something i want to like this is what i want to do and like you kind of push it too far and then at the end we see once he's kind of push tyler out he's like what are you doing <laughs> and everyone's like you told us to do this man uh yeah it's really interesting well don't don't do it <laughs> um another interesting thing that i was thinking about while watching this is that uh when they when we first meet brad pitt and stuff and uh tyler Durden, and we find out about his life and splitting scenes in film and cutting up film. Oh yeah, I was, I'm what glad you brought I this thought, up. What I thought was very interesting is that we're living in a digital era now, where kids nowadays don't know what film is, or if uh, they what, do, they have a very vague actually, concept. Yeah, and this this is like maybe possibly a movie that a kid in the digital world will see for the very first time and think that film is cutting up porn and putting it into <laughs> movies to, yeah, to I learned about film it's hot I learned about film <laughs> but yeah it's uh I I just felt that in general is just really interesting of just our era <clears throat> nowadays but it still holds true and it, it's a wild concept because is our like are we nostalgic for this movie or can this still hold up to this day? I think the concepts in it, but then when you see scenes like this, you're kind of like, Oh, that's the past. Right. But yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. So I, th well, I thought it was really cool that they, I think it holds up because they bring it back together with like one little line at the end with the film. Like they actually make it contextual in they terms of cigarette burn. Well, they did that, too. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. I was talking about at the very end when it's kind of revealed who Tyler is, and it's like, we're the same. They uh, He has a narration line, um, like a voiceover line, where it's like, the reels were changed. Mm -hmm. And it's like talking about, like, he literally says that, which we're I thought was five. a it was a good call out to show how, like, he had, like, he had changed over to Tyler, basically, and how the, it's imperceptible to other people. Okay. Um, which is kind of cool that they had that line. Like, there's a lot of little. Um, I thought what they did with the Tyler narrative, like leading up to the mystery of it, was really good. I thought, mm -hmm. like, that was handled perfectly. Yeah, in I terms of keeping, like, keeping them separate, but then kind of like the first time I saw it, it did throw me for a loop. Yeah, yeah, that mm -hmm. was. I thought that was handled super. well. I like to consider myself a smart viewer, but I didn't catch that one before it happened. Me neither. <laughs> I, I, then again, I mean th that was I that was, was eleven. <laughs> yeah, but it was also during the era where Sixth Sense just came out. True. And so people were just new to this kind of uh, shocking. Oh my gosh, you got me! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he got me. <laughs> oh, uh, you shocker! Got me. So you yeah. know, it, it, it's a it was a newer format uh, that people weren't messing with too much I mean, or but Rose if they Bud. were it was like yeah <laughs> well i mean yeah. it, it Rose, the Rose thing i think Bud. that that separates us even from six cents is that and not to like that was a really good kind of twist at the end too in terms True, of how yeah. it fits with the movie but this was like the whole movie it starts off with the neurons as you said it's it definitely starts different. off with it's definitely different but yeah, the yeah. insomnia and like taking pills and like like it builds to this in a perfect way to be like, oh, it was all in his mind and like he's losing it. Like it, the whole movie fits to that reveal. It's almost expertly constructed. They had to nail that that flip at the end for the whole movie to come together. And mm -hmm. yeah. And then when they go back and replay the scenes, I love that and how oh, they show. Oh, I get it now. Oh, thanks for. I get it. Yeah. No, and, you have to do it. Yeah. The. 
And then after that, then they flip in the parking garage to the security footage. I loved all the like yeah. little hu like intentional humor in the yeah. movie. Like I thought it was mm -hmm. awesome. It, the movie is very, very, at least very self-aware. Yeah. So I, a lot of times if a movie's this edgy and it's not self-aware, I just tune it out. Yeah. So. Mother. <laughs> we're still not done with you, mother. No, we're not done at all. Symbolism. Our vendetta is forever. Um. <laughs> What did it, so speaking of the humor part, because I had a couple, I had a couple things written down, but the one I know for sure, well, for one, like you take blood parasites, I'll take what, I'll take the other yeah. parasites. Like those little scenes were good, but then the uh, like his power animal was the little penguin in his cave, and then they go to like <laughs> him, like his whole cave getting ruined because of Marla and other stuff, and they like doing these little cutaways. Uh, Sidebar. Yeah, I might be a mental midget. Uh, what is the significance of slide? I haven't thought too hard about it. Slide? That's what his, his penguin says. He says slide? Oh, I don't remember. Hmm. I need to know. Colin! Mm. You know. No, I don't know. That's the one thing I haven't really thought very hard about in this movie. Slide. Slide. Maybe it go deeper? It could be nothing. I don't know. It could be nothing. Yeah. I don't know. But it, the point is, it's making us think, man. There you go. I think it was about the environment and global warming. There you go. <laughs> David Fincher. One more thing we've learned from Mother. It's always about the environment. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> what did you guys think of the whole... Um, I guess it's kind of the build-up to meeting Tyler uh, when it comes to, like, he's a... The basically the first third of the movie, which is kind of very different. It's like a big setup of everything in his life that then yeah, I, you show the the how it topples over. It's done in a very cozy way, at least from my perspective. Like they they even turn parts of his life into an infomercial. Yeah, that yeah, was, that was neat. That was good. It shows his immersion into the subject. It's part of his life. What about you, Colin? Um, I I like it. Um, it, it gets you comfortable. It it allows you to have time to put yourself in the narrator's perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, Sets you up and, for that rug pull. Yeah, and, and like you could just pull apart little pieces of it and just be like, oh, well, I hate my job. Or, you know, mm -hmm. oh, I, I just buy shit it. too. You know, like, yeah. And you're just putting yourself in there. Still, if you say depressing things, you're just like, yeah, I feel that sometimes too. Oh man! <laughs> People, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Us it's worker I mean, bees, it's a, it's right? A real, it's a it's a real thing uh, that actually happens of people that go to support groups that aren't actually supposed to be there. They're and, wedding yeah. crashers, but for support groups. Yeah, and it, it's it's something that actually happens, and so for that to be an actual concept that is being put into this, it's kind mm -hmm. of like. Wow, you know, and uh, and just all the little connections here and there, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that whole setup before uh, you see Brad Pitt, the little jittery. Um, I think there's like two or three different parts where you just see him in the background somewhere, yeah. uh, not not fully formed in the until office the outside one of the buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought the. I actually thought so the first I think the strongest aspect especially about the first third and then how it plays through with like the, just the idea of a fight club to me is like I maybe those are rampant and were even before then but like I wouldn't have thought that that's an idea for let a, a thing that exists let alone a movie but then you know to build into like this anarchist group terrorist group whatever that kind of makes sense I actually felt like the ther the the pacing that they hit off with with the start, how they weave in this like odd idea to at least for me to go to these therapy groups and just like try and find feel any sort of feeling uh, and mix it in with like this kind of I hate my job, like I feel owned by consumerism culture or whatever. The consumerism stuff I felt like was the weakest. I felt like that was kind of yeah. wedged in and wasn't like the little it was kind of cool to see the scene of all the IKEA furniture and I don't see it as wedged in, but it's just the weakest point to Yeah, me. it's not terrible, but it the way it doesn't fit as well as the rest. It wasn't as interesting and so it felt kind of just like this is another thing that adds to another layer here it for, but. does technically fit in i mean if you think about it it all of this does go to the point that 
humans aren't really necessarily meant to do society the way we do it now. Mm. Like we're hunter gatherers and our our brain chemistry he did might have not that, have caught yeah. up. That was a good scene. That that was a good kind of transitional scene with mm. uh what uh Tyler in the bar. He said like fuck Martha Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Little did he know. Let's evolve. Like she was going to jail. Feeling completion because of the furniture and your wardrobe and stuff. Like that was a kind of an interesting. You're right. I think yeah. I think it just adds to like the major themes of empathy and chaos and stuff and yeah. just like putting putting that into there just even more. Chaos uh, is yeah. a, a factor it here. Didn't, it didn't take a take away for me, but yeah. yeah. No, I don't think it took away at all. I just thought felt like Especially when you read, like, the Wikipedia page and, or an interview, for instance, and it's it almost leads with this idea. And to me, it was like, oh, well, that's really not the first thing I would think of with this, but whatever. Um, I don't know. I well, just maybe your house it. isn't full of IKEA furniture. Well, so you, you know, don't see well, the <laughs> losing all hope is freedom. So I'm just gonna <laughs> give up on this conversation. <laughs> We're done. I did really like the recall coordinator aspect i thought that was a really interesting idea which you know this is all based off of a that book, goes back but, into empathy yeah yeah do we have enough bodies to to to, to do a recall if not eh, don't worry about it yep hmm. it all leads into the the build-up which then tips over with the tyler jordan who i feel like uh speaking of uh meatloaf i would go out i think it's time to be like i thought edward norton and brad pitt were and Helen Bottom Carter, for that matter. But yeah, specifically, this, those two were just amazing. This is the only movie I like her in. Usually, I can't stand her. Yeah. She plays the trashy weirdo pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be known. <clears throat> Let it be known. Not a high opinion. <laughs> no. <laughs> Good job playing a trashy 10 weirdo. 10 out of 10, she did it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I, you know, obviously, Brad Pitt has worked with Dave Fincher quite a bit, a but uh, this, I thought this was an amazing performance by him too. Yes. He, he the, voiced I, a generation, whether or not it was rightful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ahead, they Colin. did a good job. Well, they did a good job getting the writer in there and trying to help with the script to, you mean old to Chuck, Chuck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think he even went on record as saying that he likes the movie better than his book. Mm. Oh, wow. I that's thought that was good. interesting. And um, as far as I but, remember from the book part portions that I've read, I haven't read the whole thing, but it seems like a pretty straight adaptation with few divergences. Yeah. I'm not uh, sure. Pretty, pretty much. I, there's, there's a few, and uh, David Fincher mentions it, like the first time he actually meets Tyler Durden is actually on a nude beach in the book. Oh. Uh, instead of on a plane, but they were like, we need the... Do you remember uh, a few weeks ago, Matt, when I was talking role. about how this movie might be viewed through the lens of Chuck being gay? Yeah, you did. That's right, you did. <laughs> that kind of puts we, the hole on the fire. We did talk oh, about go. that. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, uh, I, David Fincher was just like, uh, we kind of felt like we couldn't put that in, really, and we needed a connection between this whole like him flying and working kind the of thing. The movie could have gotten away with black bars over everything. That The movie's already cheeky in that regard. I don't know. <laughs> Cheeky. Nailed it. hey <laughs> Donate um, to our Patreon. I, what I love is uh, we, we touched on it just a little bit, and the actual uh, title of the movie, Fight Club, we haven't even talked about really so much the Fight Club itself. Yeah, and, no, we haven't. Yeah. And that's uh, – I, I kind of like that because that means – the story's working. We're, it's we're almost in out keeping all. with the flow of the movie because it's not in yeah. the first third, and then it's kind of there for a minute, and then it's gone. Yeah, it's, yeah, they don't the really show. The movie's not a whole really lot. about the Fight Club at all. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like uh, the Fight Club kind of maybe symbolizes uh, he got away from himself, and then he wasn't able to stop whatever was going to happen at that right, moment. Like that right. was gonna that was the start of it. He had, for a while, successfully gotten away from his problems, but they came back. Yeah, I I felt like the Fight Club part, I mean, it, it embodies a whole lot of other things about, you know, masculinity or wanting to, like, just get some rage out. Like, this is your chance to, like, you, you know, there's that little scene about the bar, the waiter and then the the male guy at his office, and this is their chance to, like, to, like I'm going to go 
beat this one guy up in this one moment because my, li- my life my life yeah right so like that like representing that mindset but then almost immediately it becomes like um i mean just the fact that the fight club exists represents to me the that he's not alone in feeling this way that this is not just an isolated and this is a widespread uh you know, countrywide thing. Right. Yeah. And then, and then it just continues to grow and continues to get kind of perverted into different ways beyond just what a fight club is. And, uh, he starts giving homework to people, but <laughs> well, that, that's when it switches. It that, yeah. That's when it switches to a club to being a cult and stuff like yeah, that. Right. Just like the... <laughs> and it all is kind of what I find interesting. It's all kind of not just people being susceptible to this kind of message and, you know, seeing it spread and then how it can become a cult, but, um, like how this is all bred out of this guy's mental, like mental illness, really like that. He's like, like seriously, you're... or is everybody else mental? And he's the only sane one. No, he, no, he's mental. He's mental. <laughs> no, no, never mind. <laughs> I was trying to be an analyst there, but it didn't work. His, like that. And then, how that's all also the house that they live in is so gross and how they're willing to live in this nasty house just for the sake of like, we don't need all that like fancy Ikea stuff. <laughs> yeah. When, when Edward Norton's brushing his teeth with the brown water, that always gets me. Oh, oh. Yeah. It, it kind of mm. makes me feel uh, the way that they feel about themselves too. Like how yes. disgusting this freaking house is. It's just, I have a, a saying of um, how their body is, you know. I don't know where I got this saying from, but I, I, it always rings true in my mind. A man's room is a reflection of his soul. I don't know where that comes from. I just like it. I like I'm gonna it put too. that. I'm gonna put that like as a quote and put Aaron Gallimore at the bottom. <laughs> but I'm gonna superimpose it over like, <laughs> like a really ridiculous, maybe like Bob from the movie, and just like make it the most. Just make it Mao Zedong. <laughs> uh, well it in going in line with the brown dishwater the nasty house and how they're like kind of falling apart how does like that building still have power yeah plot <laughs> hole how did they clear out all of that standing water in the basement <laughs> soap makers um but like they have that line and it kind of brad pitt kind of trails off when he says it but he's like self-improvement is masturbation but self-destruction. now self-destruction like he just leaves it there as if like obviously man you know why but it's like well, wait a it's, minute it's meant to be whatever you think it is yeah right mm. and you leave it kind of open-ended uh which is really that's i mean it's the genius of the whole movie that's what this movie does yeah um because it it's like there's no rationale it's almost like making excuses for just like wanting to what do you think Embrace philosophy is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, you, uh, you is there any empiricism in it. philosophy? I didn't know. Yeah. Well, you, you that, mentioned it. Oh, well, go, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish. Go ahead. Finish it. Uh, no, I was just gonna say you mentioned it really quickly, but uh, soap making. Probably some of uh, my favorite parts of this movie are yeah. the process of soap making and then the kiss on the hand. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yep. the the like little scar and the other stuff. Yeah, mm. and then seeing the the fat the bag of fat like dripping out and like oh, it's it just so nasty. Oh, it's so nasty. nasty. And then like, who's up for goulash? To like as a symbol too. That I mean the I'm sure all of this is coming from the book. And so credit, a lot credit of credit to is, Chucky. Credit to Chucky. But a lot of credit too to the like this movie is extremely well shot and the sets are amazing and Nine like the ten. grittiness. But then to show the like visceral like ugh, this gross fat falling down. I just I love this, Brad Pitt like trying to catch it too. Like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. Like, oh don't waste that. <laughs> this physical comedy of like whoa whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then like it's just this na- this gross nasty surgery liposuction fat that like then is the reason for getting it is an entirely self de- self-destructive but just sub- it's you its purpose is for destruction it's it's sub- a it's, subversion yeah it's like a it's Using a very society's clear byproduct to destroy society <sighs> yeah so they want to sell it it's back about to, the environment to the people that got the fat sucked out of them too like you know just <laughs> yeah self self-improvement yeah um but then like 
this movie's so good. This movie's so good. I'm <laughs> 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 just like, I, uh, yeah. They have the whole part, like the whole Edward Norton when he goes to his, goes back to work. He's starting to, like all the scenes where he's back at his day job and he's just constantly, it leads to the awesome scene where he beats himself up. Yeah. That was a good mm-hmm. scene. But oh, he's yeah, like, that, that's great. That's when they start doing the whole uh, homework situation yeah uh, hey go go and do this i homework. thought that the homework started after lou beat up tyler yeah and then and then it's it, a uh, great scene too goes yeah. into hey everybody needs to go out and get into a fight and, and you're gonna lose. lose yeah and you're and gonna so lose it, this and was the priest and the priest <laughs> yeah, oh gosh the priest <laughs> the priest ends up joining him <laughs> yeah. he was in all the scenes at the end nice <laughs> nice <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You're right. That you're right. The order was that he beats himself up after that. Well, mm. it, it's just, uh, but it, it ties in with the whole aspect of uh, the homework. That was his right. homework. Yeah, he, he he lost, but then he also won at the same time. Yeah, like he, he got he what he wanted. Yeah, yeah, he picked the fight verbally, and then it turned into physically him beating himself up, which he we find out later on he's really good at doing. <laughs> and then, and then it, it goes. Yeah, it goes from there. He gets all well, the equipment and stuff. Do you think Tyler yeah. was sort of behind any of those punches, or was he entirely himself in that moment? Hmm. Ooh, thought. interesting. Yeah. Um, I I think the especially after we start to see kind of obviously this big transition with the fight club stuff and it starts to catch on is this idea about not just self-destruction, but the idea of that don't distract yourself from the pain. Like that became a different theme. Like it's a flip between therapy where it's like, go to your happy place or do these strategies yeah, to like get, like make the pain go away versus Tyler's like confront this. Here's acid on your hand. And, and now it's like, now go out of your way and pick a fight with people or, like and how, and then it like kind of leads to this really interesting scene with the um uh, convenience store guy that he's right. like oh, armed yeah. robbery and he's threatening to kill and it's like this moment is so painful for this person but tomorrow is going to be the best day of his life because he he's so appreciative to be alive and like how that suffering can lead to something even better um, it starts to add this interesting idea. If it's sort of like with villains, and uh, the best villains in movies are the ones that are like, "Whoa, that makes me think." Like the bad guys make me think about something. Like, oh, I kind of agree with what he's doing here. Like, I agree what with you everything know, everything Jared Leto's Joker has ever done. Oh my god, including get a second get movie. Out of here. <laughs> oh my god. Yep, yep. Okay, quit. okay. S- side Dueling note: Joker movies. It was announced. Unpopular Dueling opinion: I did not hate Jared Leto's Joker. I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't hate it though. Ringing <laughs> wow, that's that's great. I love it. It's still yeah, way okay. too positive. You know, for I, me. <laughs> I I I enjoyed Suicide Squad for what it was. It was a, an oh, almost God. fun romp. Oh, oh my, my stomach really turned I right there. I feel so <laughs> sick. <laughs> it's better than Mother. This is the last episode Aaron will be here. <laughs> <laughs> it was better than the Last Jedi. You may have some agree or something. Hey. Mm-hmm. Um. What did you guys think of uh, Marla? We haven't talked about her. I thought uh, her character was real, an in, a very interesting kind of. You I didn't see her. I would never have guessed a character to be like her in this movie. In well, a movie, so I'm glad you brought her up, Matt. Uh, you mentioned chaos as being a theme in this movie, correct? Uh, no, somebody did. I'll uh, take somebody credit. Somebody did. You. Can I did. Credit. I said it. Not you Colin. or Colin did. <laughs> I see Marla as the agent of chaos. Yes. And really. She, she shows that in almost everything she does. I absolutely agree with that. Whoa. Okay. Explain. Because I have a line I've been waiting to to talk about. She doesn't care what happens to her. Things just happen, and she goes with the flow. She walks into traffic. She does. She takes a whole bottle of sleeping pills. That's Um, right. And then calls the cops. And yeah. I mean, it's it's all there in the line, and she ruined everything. She was the catalyst. Her lie mirrored my lie, and she ruined everything. That sort of thing. Interesting. If uh, what I. uh, What I want to base off of that is that uh, whenever she was on screen, it disrupted the movie in some way. Yes. And and she basically took over. Uh, I love that aspect of her. Because it's, because, it's why the, the narrator hates her. Yeah. She interrupted yes. everything. 
And and in a little way, I think he's a little jealous because she is very especially chaotic. at the start. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, there the I, I'm actually curious. Okay, so hold on. Let me consult my notes. If I, you were hoping <laughs> to delve further into the agent of chaos thing, that's as deep as I thought. If you'd like to, delve, <laughs> you'd like to delve further into the agents of chaos, no, see I, my I podcast. Mean, that's, that's chaos. If you'd like to know more, press one. When, when they say empathy, uh, this is a uh, empathy and. Uh, chaos, entropy, 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 and chaos. The law of uh, the land. Absolutely, I agree with you that wow, she is that's chaos. Interesting. Well, so there, there's also. So I was curious what you guys thought about this, especially a movie about feeling emasculated, and then as reflected in, especially by today's terms, you talk about like, uh, in t- like you people would describe what these people are doing as like beating people up, and then feeling like you have to then take that aggressiveness out into the world that that type of masculinity i guess like Wait, he literally happening in the world right now oh my oh, oh boy. well i saw Scary. a lot of i saw a lot of like i saw a lot of like the trolling culture it has represented especially at the end like you are not special you are not a snowflake like oh okay I and then like i am i am enlightened because I got hostile with people. Like, that's that was yeah, in the it, movie. It starts off yeah. pretty cringy. Yeah. And it, it's weird because it's almost... Um, I, I don't want to use the word Marxist, but it, it, it feels like the early Tyler Durden prank stuff was was all the, the lower class yeah. taking on the bourgeoisie. Yeah, it's all like this stupid anarchist pranks. Yeah, yeah. That, that don't amount to anything. No. Well, yeah, so in a lot of way, he, he feels like he's Robin Hood in a way. When he, uh, it's like <laughs> you're right. The, yeah, well, you have to. It's misguided though. It's, yeah, it's mis- which I think is what makes the movie so. The question good. is whether the movie knows that it's misguided. I think it does. Okay. I think it, especially with how they show Edward Norton like coming to terms with this at the end. Because I agree with you on Marla being kind of like this, especially at the start. This like, oh gosh, she, her life's not together either, and she's chaotic. She goes by her own will, and it kind of prompts the rest of the movie but then it kind of comes back together where she's like what happened to you like it hit a point where it just went over the edge she's like what are you who's we why are what are you talking about she starts Uh, she starts looking normal yeah (laughs) yeah so i think it's very acting normal i think it very much is aware of like the spectrum and how it how it can go way too far um but the line i was talking about um, which I think has a couple different things. I'm curious what you guys think. Was <laughs> I, um, I just want to have this play out once in my life. I'm sorry to interrupt, but while it's on my mind, I want like a girl to enter my apartment while I'm cooking, and like the pressure cooker's exploded, and there's food all over the walls, and I just want to turn and say, "You met me at a very strange time in my life." <laughs> <laughs> Back to your stupid point. <laughs> this is what happens when you get me in the hot seat that's right um so the line was which i think is really interesting because i think it reflects on kind of the the psychosis of these characters and like the the fight club participants as a whole but also it kind of relates back to Edward Norton's character by himself like mm-hmm. we get little, this was during the scene where we get little details about his dad leaving him and you know how like Tyler's talking about yeah my dad told me to get a job and then blah, blah, blah. he's like yep I know exactly what you're talking this is back when we don't really know but he can sympathize so well because they had the exact same experience and it leads to Tyler being like we're a generation of men raised by women. I'm wondering if another woman is the real is that really the, the answer line we I need. Brought up when we were talking about Chuck being gay. Yeah, so it's it's interesting to me how that then goes into Marla and how like Tyler Durden sleeping with Marla then right after that and yeah. it keeps going. But she ruined everything. Stupid women. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb. Um, Time for Tyler to go his own way. Yeah, he should just go with guys for a while. <laughs> And he does. <laughs> yeah. um, is there anything else we haven't touched on yet? Oh, one I know of the there things, is. Uh, right before Bob dies, uh, right before that scene, they're in the car and the cult is basically happening at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, it's uh, you had a near life experience. 
Ah, yeah. The, I, the car crash. I love that. When they get into the crash and it's you, you have to let go life yep. experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it, I, I think all that ties back to trying to get that ultra high of happiness. Yeah. And innocence. Hmm. And, and that's all it is. You got to get to the point so low that it spikes even higher. On yeah, he even day. says that. He even says that. Yeah, you're right. If you want to bury the needle upward, you got to bury it downward first, man. Mm. Well, now, and that's it's interesting that they start in a lot of ways with like he getting addicted to something and using that kind of language about how he'd been going to those therapy groups for over, over a year. year yeah. yeah. And like using this idea of well, it's very much like mental illness, but then like you have to keep going lower so you can get the high. It's always about the high, the rush of the next thing. Um, and how that relates to like our place in the world and like all these other ideas. I think it's, yeah, that was a good, that was a good scene to then kind of, cause that was when Tyler leaves. That's the last time we see Tyler for a while. Yeah. Then he's is yes, that car wreck. Yeah. yeah. That's when he yeah. like goes on his world round world trip or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like Edward Norton, the narrator's trying to get, um, sober at that point, but then You're, all hell's yeah. there. And yeah, he'd already been that's, there. Yeah. That's when Bob dies. So that's our first casualty in a way. And like mm. that's why the name is so important and becomes big and because he whatever he does, he can't stop. But he's trying to get sober yeah. at that point too. You're so. right. Yeah. That's a good This movie's about self control. That's what I think it's about. Uh, uh, being odds with at odds with yourself. Well, which is interesting because and addiction. Just being and, addicted. And, and that does yeah. feed into it. Yeah, so that's self... Yeah. So, like, self-destruct... You know, we did a whole podcast on Annihilation, which that's the whole theme of it. Um, Not a bad movie. I feel like this is... I feel like this is a much better take on... Way better. ...on self-destruction, like, all the different... How that can play in, especially because it's, like... It, sh- it literally shows the idea of, like, being out of control and intentionally going out of the way and intentionally showing what chaos can build to and, like... I, I don't know. I felt like that was a more visceral kind of an impact than a well, kind of sci-fi uh, take on it. It has a lot of impact because, um, like, a lot of what we're seeing is not really that true. Yeah. The, what they're putting to us as as these truths of life. And, and to a degree, they are just a little bit. All the best uh, lies are wrapped in little bits of truth. Mm-hmm. I like that. It, yeah. It made it palatable. From and and a, f- uh, a lot of ways, ahead, like Kong. when when you're addicted, um, you don't know you're addicted until right. you hit rock bottom. In a lot of ways, and so, yeah. yeah, until you're too far, and then um, the addict lies to himself. Maybe maybe sometimes even when you want to get healthy, your support system isn't there anymore, and you 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 just maybe you don't get help. Remember, yeah. kids, um, when you're addicted, Tyler is that little voice in your head that says you need to go deeper. <laughs> don't listen to him. Don't, get no, help. Yeah. Do not. I don't have Absolutely a. I don't do have not. a hotline to put on the bottom of this, but uh, no. imagine if I did. Yeah, our at the bottom of ours is a Fight Club, a Star Wars story. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah the 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 last thing I was going to bring up because I, I feel like we've talked really deeply about the story, which is great because it's it an amazing movie in so many ways. Yeah. Um, I want to call out again the filmmaking side of it because in terms of, for one, this is an adaptation of a book, which is really hard to do, especially for one, like this is not an easy book with how much of how much is communicated through uh, internal monologues. Mm-hmm. But like they they did such a good job of con- in within context, making it feel so natural to hear voiceover. Yeah. But they it was consistent through the whole movie. That's the difference that I feel like is such an easy thing that so many adaptations and even non-adaptations that want to use voiceover fail at is we're going to start the movie. Look, we're doing voiceover. And then an hour goes by and you haven't heard it. We're looking at you, Ratatouille. Yeah. (laughs) And then you hear it at the very end and that's it. (laughs) This movie is voiceover and it, and it helps us see, and it, it's, it's an added character Especially for like this unreliable narrator t- like kind of idea, and we d- it's this mental illness side of it. We don't know what to believe, and we're hearing his voice the whole time. We don't know what to trust, and, and at the end, it recontextualizes the whole movie. And we've been hearing him the whole time, 
Um, as I recall, I think that's a great. That was an amazing. The way they used that was amazing. So, uh, if my memory serves, that's exactly why the theatrical cut of Blade Runner didn't work because the the monologue yes. wasn't consistent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's not in the final. I haven't cut. watched it in a long time. Yeah. I could be completely wrong. Well, like when it, you feel I mean, like you just, have to explain yeah, yeah. something, it, it comes across like you have to explain what just happened versus in this case, it really was, it was the character. It was yeah, a, very did, much it, a part uh, of the character. It's not a justification. It's an enrichment. Yes. Yeah. They never had to do like an info dump on us at all. Like it was a no. part of a story. It was yeah. Slow drip. Mm-hmm. Well, and the story was so interesting too, just in general, but like they had little flourishes and again, like the grittiness and the grossness of everything around That's them. Fincher. Versus, right. Yeah. So the, it, this is a perfect movie for him. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of reflect that with kind of the, not necessarily glossy, but like the corporatism stuff that they're trying to play through. But, um, it had those little shots, like in the therapy, uh, we talked about the 3d kind of the three or the the special effects modeling stuff, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, the cutaways, which adds like another element to it of his like mind going, drifting to different places. But then like also when you go to, when he, there's that montage of him going to the different therapy groups and you see like just a quick cut of a coffee cups, quick cut of donut, like half eaten donuts, quick cut of like stuff that's there, like the little bulletin board. And who did Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz? Edgar Wright. Uh, same it's guy. very uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you're right he shot those yeah <laughs> right came in for a day <laughs> Simon Pegg's just drifting in the background no that the hand on the start. coffee cup was Simon Pegg oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. they paid him fun fact five not everybody million, knows that five million dollars <laughs> <laughs> um I think that's just I think that's just about well, everything I've got um yeah. how about uh what were your feelings on the very end? How, how did you feel about the ending shot? That's, that's a good place to end on. Yeah, it's a very good shot, but it's it's very a weird feeling to me because I don't know if the right thing happened. Yeah, I, I, you like I was I was gonna say, are you satisfied with it? Like, is it I'm like a satisfied satisfying with the ending? ending, but only in the sense that it makes sense for the movie. I, I don't know if I'd want it to go differently, but I, I wonder. Wait, like, what aspect of it, I guess? Like, the explosion, the well, suicide even, attempt, the or the, what do you mean? It's very weird because they, they go to all this effort to stop Tyler, but he still gets what he wants. Yeah. I, I Maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I actually wrote down kind of odd ending, but symbolic that he couldn't control it. Right. That's kind of what I wrote down. So the fact that it was successful, I think, helps in a way. It's kind of odd that it's like, oh, my God. Like, seriously, this is going to have amazing repercussions for the whole, like, city and the world, and it just ended. Like, these credit card companies. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it just ended. But so, like... What matters is Edgar, uh, uh, Edward Norton's state of mind. Yes. And so that's where I think it's successful, and it ends on, like, this, like... Whoa! It actually happened, and like, because did it? You could have left. You're right. I feel like if mm. they didn't show that, though, you could have left with everything before it was all in his head, and like, kind of like a. We may be having a different conversation of like, well, you pull the rug out. Like it didn't really matter. This could what, be you know a, what I mean? Uh, a total recall moment, man. We don't know. A total recall moment because he's a recall agent. <gasps> Boom. As I stated earlier, this could all be in his head, and, we, and it could be very unreliable. We, yeah. we, we don't know, but the fact is it doesn't matter whether it's real or not. It's no. real to him, and this movie is about his internal struggle, and it was solved. Movie's finished. End. With Finn. the pixies. Q. Cue the pixies. pixies. Yeah, that is the pixies. one thing I don't like about this no, movie. Yeah, I was like, I thought so too. On the rewatch, it's like, oh, that didn't age well. What's this music? That didn't age well. Oh man, <laughs> this movie is very much a product of its time, and that is the one negative aspect for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's kind of rate the movie, and I'm actually curious, like, what? So, what is the? How would you rate the movie? What is kind of like the big things that stand out? It's justification for that. We, I know we just did a whole hour talking about this, but like, what are the the big things that really are like, this is the reason why. And then I'm also curious, especially Aaron, but like when we talk about our movie hall of fame, I'm actually curious how you would vote on it. Okay. Um, let's go with Colin first though. Go. 
Um, so out of, out, well, if you had to rate it out of 10, and then why? And if yeah. possible, list your criteria. I give it a 8. Uh, it's pretty high in my book. I like uh, action dramas uh, a lot, um, especially ones that you got to think about a lot. Mm-hmm. About. Um, just, I mean, it's shot amazingly. Uh, has a great director attached to it and it's based off of a book and normally sometimes a lot of people go well if it's based off of a book the book's better or some kind of scenario like that yeah this time it's like this one was the twist of it because you you have and and it kind of like fit really well because if you look at something like uh what was that newest movie that just came out ready player one Everybody, everybody was excited because, you know, they had, they had Steven Spielberg and here's John Williams, all these, all these things that all those you things you love, love, and it kind of, you know, were let down in the end. Mm-hmm. But this, this one, you're like, okay, I'm understanding uh, why Fincher is directing this and. You know the writing's really good. It, it, can he pull it off? And I feel like he totally did. And I that's why I give it a eight out of ten. Okay, a very fair review, Matt. Do you want to end or? Uh, I, I can go, go first. first. I can okay. go first. Uh, I have a, a a number of criteria that this movie excels at. Um, okay. Pacing for one, it's oh, paced. Yeah. We barely nearly touched that. Yeah, you're right. Suffice it to say, audience, it's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> ten out of ten. It was okay. I thought that the pacing was excellently done. I thought that the cinematography was to a T. It was. I have no criticisms. They did it very well. I couldn't think of a thing to change in terms of cinematography. Casting was very on point. I don't know if I would change anyone there. No. Uh, the soundtrack was good, except for the Pixies. You're right. Yeah, we didn't even the soundtrack throughout was very good. Right. The like kind of atmospheric stuff. Yeah. Almost like the Matrix. Similar time frame. Mhm. Uh mm-hmm. it's this movie is good because it has something almost for everyone. Like it seems more geared toward males. Yeah. But oh, I yeah. I'd be interested to know if anyone in our audience who is female uh identifies with this movie at all. Yes. That's um, a good point. Yeah. Get a different get a different voice in there. I as I said in the very beginning, this movie is not one of my favorites, but it's so good that I love to analyze it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a true objective review for me because I don't I'm not super connected to this movie. I just really like how it was done. It's mm-hmm. it's expertly done on, on almost any tier you look at. I would also give it an eight out of ten. Wow, only eight. Okay. Well, they, yeah, you're right. Keep, bear you. in mind, my my, we've talked about this. There are no tens. Yeah, you're you're you you have your own. The scale, Godfather is a good, nine. It's, but no, okay. <laughs> yeah. On my scale. <laughs> Jeez. Um, well, yeah. If you're not going to go to in between, um, this is this is easily a nine for me. I'm a little bit more generous in my scale, so it's like in the '90s range, um, and. I agree 100% with what you guys kind of called out. Um, the thing that kind of puts it over the top for me is like we, a movie that makes you think afterwards is really great. But again, like Annihilation was kind of that way. Mother was kind of that way to varying degrees of success. And I had some issues with them lingering after that. Annihilation was bad until the third act. Yes. <laughs> and so the thing about this movie that I think really sets it apart beyond just like production value and like having a. It's kind of like a uh, playful realism to it where it like kind of bounces around with like cutaways and this like in your mind stuff. And then it also bounces to. uh, It's kind of like Scrubs. It's it's just like Scrubs. I hate Scrubs so much. I think it 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 blends a lot of like theme, like a different styles of like comedy to thriller to mind fuckery to action to it adds it adds it kind of does all of those things really well um but what puts it over the top is that it's grounded and like again i'm very interested in characters and so from a performance standpoint this this may be my favorite brad pitt performance just in general almost hands down i like 
Absolutely. He was really good in um, Deadpool 2. <laughs> Uh, this, I mean, this was Spoilers. a really good movie. This was a really good movie for all these uh, actors yeah. at the age that they were. Yes. you know, like it, yeah. And it showed. It showed. Uh, look, the realisticness of Edward Norton kicking ass in a Fight Club, given his like stature. He's a manlet. I can, I can, like, you know, suspend my disbelief a little bit based on the rest of the movie, but like his, like, kind of. Uh, draw like this was peak Edward Norton too in addition to Brad Pitt and so like how that reflects in they pulled in the little writing they have the voiceover they have the um, you know they show even arcs within a person that is the same person like they show Tyler Durden growing like they have an arc for an imaginary character in this movie he's actually two inches taller at the end of the movie that's right yeah <laughs> fun fact <laughs> <laughs> he grew two inches, and Tyler and, and Edward Norton shrinks. I should have a, like a fake segment on this show, where, where, fake fun facts. Yeah, where we no, it's just called fun facts, and it all of it is completely fun false. Facts. <laughs> fun facts. I'm in fact was in the movie. Stay yeah. tuned. Stay tuned for next His week. His character fun was facts. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> fun really fact, good prosthetic. Fun fact: yeah. Glenn Close was the pirate in this movie. <laughs> See, lie rooted in truth. Fun fact: Helen Bottom Carter is actually the dragon, the girl with the dragon tattoo. No, she is the dragon heart. (laughs) All right, you're getting really, getting really. (laughs) (laughs) I think we have hit that point. I think we've officially hit that. point. What's the line? I think we're done. So what was your number rating? Nine? I had nine, yeah. Okay. I think we're all in the same ballpark given our yeah. average rating. Spark of madness. I, like, yeah. I say I say it's close to nine, but eight I, I set it at eight because just like uh what you said, Aaron, it's it's not a movie that I always go to when I say, Hey, these are my favorite movies of all time, but guess what? I was entertained and I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I've only seen this movie like maybe four times and I and it's always like a good two, three, four year uh, in between on those. And every time I watch it, I come back with something different. So that's why yeah. it's good. The thing that's, solid- and I would I would very easily say this is in the Hall of Fame, at least for me. I would I would too. very easily cast this I in. I voted in. Yeah. it Like, I was actually really surprised, because I haven't seen this movie in a long time, uh, how both the lasting power, like how effective it was just as a movie, but then how it, Still makes me think even now. And then also like how it has like ideas that are kind of popping up. Like it has ideas that are also have lasting power beyond just like the idea of them going to a fight club is kind of still interesting. Like the movie has a lot of things that are still relevant and are still really good. And um, so, yeah, it's I lo- this was really good. This was a fun little discussion. It was good. It was good. It was good. We don't need ben fun one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we didn't even cut to him for Hot that stuff. He was just like on the audio. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah. So I guess that's all we have. Do we have anything to plug? Really, we're gonna win the Popcon Award tomorrow. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> not. Yeah, we're gonna win. We're not uh, gonna win at all. What what movie luck, are we doing guys. next week? I don't know. I don't think we really have an idea. I know can... Jurassic stuff is coming up, but. Uh, Hereditary comes out. It just came out, which I th- oh, I'm is really it that inter- spooky movie? Yeah, I'm really I, interested I, I, in that. That trailer scares me alone. Ooh. That poor that, child. The There's... Omen Two. <laughs> the, the Omen. The Woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we we'll do, have to pick one. We'll have we to pick do one. Gladiator instead. I just watched that again. Ooh, I love that movie. Oh baby. I have a long. We're gonna have to do the Equalizer too. Just so you know, Which just one be prepared. Is the equalizer? That's a Denzel. It's Denzel Washington. It's the only oh, sequel he's ever done. Yeah, right. it's coming out later in July. The tra- the, that was a trailer I saw for recently. Right? I have a long history of Russell Crowe versus Denzel Washington in terms of like actor thing that I think would be a really good one. Like, to do. which one is the better actor? Yes, which one's had a better career and stuff? So, what's what all has Russell Crowe been in? Real quick, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's it beca- he doesn't it have be- that many movies. <laughs> it became an easier argument. Like six or seven years ago, <laughs> like it was like Beautiful Mind, Gladiator. Uh, yeah, see, w- Master Commander. You, Master, yeah. That was a good one. When you bring up G- Russell Crowe, 
I used to be on the Russell Crowe bandwagon. And so to see what has happened since then is well, so disappointing. His master and commander and gladiator performances are very good. Yeah, they're very so. good. And maybe we'll do gladiator. Maybe we'll do it. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks. Thanks, camera. thanks for coming on, Colin. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, the last thing I'll leave you with, penis. Thanks. That's kind of the end of Fight Club, is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and cue the subliminal cut. And done. Penis. <laughs>